0: Northwest Eye Surgeons and Sight Partners, I am Dr. Brett Bentz, and you're listening to The Focal Point, where we invite doctors and surgeons from the fields of ophthalmology and optometry to discuss the latest trends in medical eye care. Welcome to our first refractive surgery podcast. There have been tremendous improvements in technology for both corneal-based as well as lens-based Surgery. So for this podcast episode, we will be discussing specifically light adjustable lens technology for cataract surgery. We are joined by Dr. Carrie Svanda, who is an optometric physician that works at our corneal and refractive surgery clinic of the Northgate Seattle office. She works closely with our refractive surgery team, led by Dr. Audrey Rostoff. Dr. Svanda, hello, and thanks so much for joining us.
1: Hello, Dr. Bentz. Thank you for having me.
0: Now, we understand that LAL was approved for cataract surgery about five to six years ago. So we have had a number of years to study the results. And you firsthand have been witness to the details of its use and, of course, the outcomes. So first of all, for those who have little or no experience, please tell us what LAL or light adjustable lenses, are made of and how they work.
1: Sure. they These intraocular lenses are still a three-piece foldable IOL. They're made of a photosensitive silicone material. And these lenses have light reactive molecules in them called macromers that when exposed to ultraviolet light, the macromers polymerize and attached to each other, changing the shape of the intraocular lens.
0: That's an excellent description because it does involve this wonderful technology that can actually allow this silicone lens to change. So what would you say are the primary advantages for considering LAL cataract surgery over other options?
1: Well, just as we just had just mentioned, um, the changeability of these lenses... Post implantation. So they are highly customizable. Um, We can treat two diopters of myopia or hyperopia and up to three diopters of astigmatism. So the lens minimizes the effects from wound healing or post implant IOL movement. They're excellent for previous LASIK or previous PRK patients since sometimes their preoperative calculations can be very difficult to um, accurately assess since the cornea has already been permanently altered and it no longer fits our standard power models or calculations that we have So the patients can feel like they have some control and some say in their final outcome because after their first adjustment, they go out into the real world and they test run their vision between the adjustments and then they come back and they tell me what's been working for them, what they would like to adjust either their near vision a little bit further, a little bit closer, or their distance isn't quite as sharp as they can be. And so These lenses, yes, they're very time-intensive, but patients seem to be very, very happy with the results.
0: So are there any pre-surgical contraindications that we would not want to use LA lenses for as the best option?
1: Absolutely. Um, Once again, because these lenses are so time-intensive... Probably the main consideration is, do patients have the time to come back week after week for potentially up to six weeks after um, their cataract surgery for these weekly adjustments? Um, I had a patient who was very interested in them, but he travels every other day or every other week for work, sorry, and he just couldn't commit to these adjustments and couldn't spread out the treatments over a three-month time period because our patients have to wear UV-blocking sunglasses or UV-blocking clear glasses 24-7 until the final treatment is in place. These are also because of the ultraviolet exposure. They're not for people who've had previous episodes of herpes eye infection or people taking any medication that makes them more sensitive to ultraviolet light.
0: So, these have a lot of chair time, is what you're suggesting for optometry. So, do we co manage many of these patients because of the chair time?
1: Because of the chair time and the weekly treatments that are required, we typically don't co-manage in the immediate post-operative period. It would be after the final light adjustment is completed for um, uh, refractive management, like glasses, um, computer glasses, reading glasses, or if the patient has chosen monovision, then monovision spectacles.
0: Can you say how many adjustments can be made Per IOL, is there a limit?
1: There is a limit, yes. So we can make three refractive adjustments and then two lock-in treatments are required. So up to a total of five. If after the first refractive adjustment, patients are happy and very pleased with their vision, they will still require two more lock-in treatments after that. So three is the minimum and then five in total is the maximum.
0: Okay, thank you. And just one other question that comes to mind, are there any, you've touched on some of this, are there any complications that uh, you want to make us aware of?
1: With these lenses in particular, um, posterior capsular opacification obviously will affect our refraction, can affect a patient's um, vision to the point where we will actually do a YAG capsulotomy in the middle of our treatment. So typically our surgeons, or at least my surgeon, likes to wait around three months postoperatively before considering um, a YAG capsulotomy. But we've had one patient that... About four weeks after cataract surgery, she developed significant enough PCO that we couldn't get a real solid refraction and we weren't going to do a light adjustment until we got rid of the um, opacification there. So we did a YAG cap right in the middle of her treatments.
0: You raise a good point of first things first uh, by performing a YAG capsulotomy to enhance uh, the outcomes of LAL enhancements. You know, another key advantage of light adjustable lens is to perform enhancements as needed versus our typical protocol of waiting, say, three months post-op before an enhancement once the refractive state is stable. And then, for example, PRK enhancement, we have to often wait another few months to recovery. So you're looking at the three months initially plus two, three more months. You're looking at upwards of five, six months versus the lal accomplished in a very short period of time.
1: I truly think that's an advantage and probably one of the um, points that is tends to swing the patient um, into choosing the light adjustable lenses over maybe even a traditional um, multifocal or extended depth of focus lens, because you're absolutely right. We start these treatments three weeks after cataract surgery. And so uh, if a patient, again, only requires one refractive adjustment and two light treatments, they could be completely finished with all of their treatments and adjustments six weeks after cataract surgery.
0: I think a lot of people have questions still about the technology. You've done a great job explaining. Do you have any final comments you'd like to share with us?
1: when we first started the light adjustable um, lenses and treatments it was about a year ago and there definitely is a learning curve um, we've even the lenses themselves are slightly different now than what they were what we were using a year ago they actually have an ultraviolet coating on the back surface of the lens now to try to correct per- protect the retina from excessive ultraviolet exposure. So I do think the technology is improving, but also our experience with it and our outcomes are improving as well.
0: Well, well done. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us and helping us better understand this amazing technology. Carrie, as always, your leadership, as well as contributions to our corneal clinic are richly appreciated. Thank you, Brett. My pleasure. So for the podcast audience, um, it would seem that, as with most nascent technologies, there are many positives and improvements over existing procedures, but also that we need to be aware of its potential limitations in some cases. We will keep a watchful eye on further developments. So thanks again, and we hope you can join us next week. That's this week's edition of The Focal Point. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and tune in next week for another episode and update on medical eye care. I'm your host, Dr. Brett Benz, and thank you for joining us.